it's a weekend review show, so we're not going to talk about this guy, but we've got plenty to talk about on tonight's episode of The Gooners Podcast. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, six young men from various backgrounds, a young basketball prodigy with more trophies in the last 20 years than Totten and Hotspur, an Irish kid with a horrible haircut, a young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet, a child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome young man who learned to play football on the hard streets of Disney World. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Ewan. Magic. Aston. Andy, and Miguel, and the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season seven 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 welcome to the gooners pod welcome to the gooners podcast season seven episode what is it 72 the week in review Long time no see to most of you in the chat. Uh, to all one out of every ten of you that uh, that, that that Sophie gave the instructions. How to many you. did we get? How many? <clears throat> how many came over? I'm not going to say because I can't count that low. No <laughs> hybrid squad coins for these. No, no more treats. But I will. We will give a shout out. We're going to start with the with the with the squatties and the and the goonies and the roasties and all those people. Hello to to uh, Irish Beast. Hello to uh, Bill Gunnerworks, Tired Gunnosaurus, I think, came over. We got the very, very ill, apparently, Stephen Feely in the uh, in the oh, house. Sh- <laughs> I don't mean to make fun of illness, but... Uh, that but I, show I do, that we just did was a hot I mess. Because- I, may delete, I may delete it from the channel. It's such a hot mess. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time a show with me as a guest has been completely deleted from, uh, from YouTube. No, it was not you. It was me. I'm the hot mess. I should just be a guest this week. I shouldn't be hosting. Well, look, uh, we're, we're, there's never anything better than finding out that someone that you thought was sick is actually perfectly fine. And, and I'm not implying that Stephen Feely is perfectly fine in any way, but it, but it isn't his, his, it's not his organs that are problematic. Just a T and an H. That was the difference, guys. Tiger, um, Jared, Jared's looking confused, uh, but Aston was in, in the chat. He knows what Yeah, I saw it. I Lone saw the whole in the house. thing. <laughs> Lone Star in the house. Uh, Mark McCreden's in the house getting ready for uh, – it's almost exactly – well, it's actually less than one week now to uh, to when Mark will be joining us for, uh, for Lamb Ribs uh, on Blackstock Road. But uh, it's a great chat. And Aston, Jared, good to see you again. Good seeing you, man. Likewise. When are you getting your initials uh, on on your on your Arsenal gear, like Jared has? 
Um, when I have the same level of, of drip as both Jared and Soph, my God, both of you guys are like putting us to shame fashion wise today. <laughs> yeah, all I've got is my 2016 Jaka jersey. Uh, yeah, we're just on... like in jerseys and they're in there like killing it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't come prepared. Can you bring me when you come to London? Can you bring me one of one of them hats, uh, Sophie? This you want a beanie? I'll bring I'll, you a beanie. Oh, you want a hybrid squad beanie? I mean, are you wearing that because it's Shabbat? <laughs> <laughs> is that your? Tri- I'm is that wearing your it. No. Listen, of, uh... you know women. I'm wearing it because I have a horrific hair day. I've been sick, and so I haven't straightened my hair or done anything with it. And I'm going to cut it before I get to London. So I mean, all I have is, is my, my grandfather's. Where's your pipe? Which, that doesn't which, work uh, without the pipe. Oh, uh, I'll find it. Take that, uh, so, put that in your pipe and smoke it. But we do have a weekly review show to do. So we do, and so th- th- I'm going I'm to play it now. Okay, so get ready for some production values right here because oh. you've never seen anything as as professional as this. What what do you call it? A uh, an intro or or uh, a teaser? Because we are here for this week's the Gooners Pod Arsenal Week in Review. I mean, top quality. <laughs> I have gotten so many voiceover requests that, like, like Ars Blog is, is is homeless now because I'm taking all of his voiceover work. Weekend review. That, that was top bins, Mike. You really could have fluffed your lines, but uh, you, you, you know it was half a chance, and you took it. Oh, dude. Yeah, no, I'm in the ascendancy uh, for sure. Uh, Tags the- while you guys are talking. I'm in the ascendancy with them with them videos. Uh, but uh, Aston, take it away. Yeah, and if you guys haven't noticed, we're changing it up a little here. You know, I've been doing the host. Mike has been gracious enough to allow, uh, or insane enough to allow me kind of the reins. And we do want to do a little thing, uh, uh, things a little different. We want to be able to talk about this week in Arsenal. We're going to start with... Um, talking about what happened on the pitch this week. Obviously, we played Arsenal played two games, both Brighton and Newcastle. And I really want to ask you, like, the, the, it's almost like the game, uh, two games of polar opposites. One where we had a free flowing Arsenal, seemingly scoring at will. Another one where we seemed like stifled at every turn. How do you guys feel about the Arsenal and how we've been playing? And 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 can we after those games? How do you feel about us, Jared? Go ahead and take it away. I still feel really good about where we're at. I thought the Brighton game, we played fantastically. And they're a very good team. That's a a place where typically, especially when we go play at their place, we've had some difficulty. And I thought we managed it pretty well. Um, I know an offside at the end kind of saved us from a little more stress than we probably would have wanted. But overall, the game was played very well. Uh, The Newcastle game, a little bit more disappointing. They kind of dictated the, the pace of play more than anything. You know, a lot of that's the time wasting, sort of the tactical fouling that cut against what we wanted to do, but you know, that was their game plan and they executed it and we didn't cope with it well enough to, to get a better result. So when you're playing a good team at the top of the premier league table and you come away with a point, it's never a terrible result, uh, especially when Manchester city also drew with them early, but not as good, obviously as if we'd taken all six points, but you know, given the way the season's going to come away with the win and a draw, I don't think we're in too bad a shape after this week. Well, and you bring up a very good point there because Arsenal for the first time um, this season have actually managed to not win and not score at a game at the Emirates. Mike, are we in crisis now? Oh, absolutely. We, I mean, get rid of everyone. 
bring in bring in Vic Akers to take over the squad. Um, and uh, and and yeah, I mean, we, we, it's time to go. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's uh, it's fine, people. Uh, you know, just chill, and uh, and we'll be fine. Look, we will sign players. I'm convinced of it, even though in the last hour people think that I was saying that we shouldn't. Uh, I, I wasn't saying that. That's exactly what you were saying. I was there. It's I, I that's not what I was saying. Um, I had to put up a disclaimer because of it. <laughs> no, I and and uh, and Sophie already took the showdown uh, over her Stephen Feely stuff, so you'll never prove that I'm not that I'm not correct. Um, but no, it's we will be fine. Uh, the fact that we didn't lose that game, the fact that we um, that we successfully navigated through a land, uh, just a field of landmines, is. Uh, is to be looked at as a positive uh, and not a negative. Uh, you know, we we were never going to have a perfect record at home throughout the entire season of just wins. Uh, but it's a clean sheet against a top three team. It's a draw. We're back. You know, we're right where we started two games ago. Five points up on on Manchester City. We kept Newcastle from getting any closer to us, and uh, and we survived without, as we said on the last uh, podcast, we survived without uh, yellow cards to the players that would have actually had to miss games over the next two. And there's there's now one big game with them, and and if they get through that game, they'll get to to both of the big games before the the yellow cards reset. So lots to be positive about. And our next league game is such an easy one that it's just i mean it's laughable to think that we're not just going to pick up right where we left off a couple you know a couple of days ago against spurs on the 15th it's true spurs are god awful even though they did manage that win uh, we're probably yeah. going to touch on that later when we do the a league roundup it's interesting that you say that because i was committing um what many may call the cardinal sin of watching AFTV um earlier today and uh cecil actually said something that was so incredibly funny he said he was watching the game at newcastle and he was so distraught and his mom had to come and he goes you know arsenal aren't going to win every game right He's like, oh, yeah, but isn't that such a testament to how far we've come that it is such a disappointment when Arsenal don't win every single game? It is something different. It is it is it brings back a a, a feeling that we haven't had in a very long time as we strive for further perfection. Um, I, I think that the uh, most interesting thing, probably the most controversial thing to come out of these two games has honestly been the commentary around Mikel Arteta and his antics on the uh, on the touchline. I know, Sophie, you were talking about that a little earlier on your show. How, how does how do you feel about like the way that that the media is portraying Arteta and Arsenal at this point? Yeah, uh, Jared and I talked about it on the post-game show as well after Newcastle and Magic. We had a, a brief chat uh, about it. I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm I'm talking about my manager in the sense of how I feel it can affect the team. Uh, and I'll get to the media in just a second. I think it's fundamentally important that our manager keeps his head. We have a very young team and... Someone said I'm mistaken comparing what happened at Newcastle to what happened at Anfield when he kind of went toe-to-toe with Klopp. I want Mikel going toe-to-toe with managers. I want Mikel to be showing his passion. I want him to be animated on the touchline. I love it. I'm Greek. We're crazy. We're passionate. There's, you know, someone said to me, listen to the Greek, like trying to tell the Spaniard 
um, how to, you know, deal with behavior on the touchline or passion. But I do think that he needs to be a calming figure because when the spotlight hits Aston and this Uh final act really kicks in, you know, we've got games against Tottenham, Manchester United. We've got Manchester City twice. We're going to need our manager to keep it together. Now, I want him to put pressure on the officials. I want him to show how he feels about things. But that game at Anfield, when he went for Klopp, it translated to the team and we saw what happened. He actually ignited the away fans. Now, maybe he can get away with that at home and he galvanizes our fans, which I'm, I'm, not, I'm not adverse to at all. But away from home, he's got to be very careful about not igniting their crowd to get against us because it's tough enough as it is in this league to go away from home and get points. So with that said, I think the reason why the media are coming down on Arsenal is because, number one, we're good again and and there's somewhat of a fear about that. People have mistaken Arsenal Football Club being a small club in the Premier League versus being a big club overall still in life. It's Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal. They're the biggest clubs in England. And then Chelsea comes next because of their recent success. Manchester City can't sell out Champions League games. They're a smaller club doing massive big things in the Premier League and on the world stage. But that doesn't change the fact that we're a bigger club than them. And so I think we need to earn our respect back. And the reason why Conte gets forgiveness, Pep and Klopp um, and all of those other managers is because because they've won the big one. And I do think if Arteta wins the big one, you'll see a, a total difference to that. Right now, they see him as the new kid on the block. You know, I mean, I'm not going to get into a hanging tough, uh, ana- 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 you know, analogy here. But they do, they see him as the new kid on the block who has to earn his stripes before he behaves like that. And I think that's what's happening. As for Richard Keyes, he needs to get in the bin. Matty Kay just sent me a picture of the Martin Keown moment over Rude Van Nisselrooy, and he's replaced his face with Richard Keyes. Yeah, I'll, tr- I'll I mean, try to get that because you that, sent that. That would be together. fun. Yeah, that would be fun um, for people to see. So that's how I feel about it. I want him to show the passion, but I also want him to be the calming figure for one of the youngest teams in the Premier League. Aston. Yeah, and I think that's a, I think that's an incredible point because I mean it, the question is how much does this actually calm nerves on the on the sidelines when you have incredibly young players that are impressionable that haven't done this before they have never been in this position before you remember when he went over to City granted I do think that he had a lot to contribute to City's success but at the same time he walked into a team full of champions people that have know the pressure and understand the pressure this is a new ball game for him this is exactly part of the when Mikel Arteta came in a lot of the division around whether or not this was a good move or not was exactly that lack of experience he hasn't actually taken players that aren't already champions and turn them into mentality monsters. Now that's not to say that he can't we, I think it's very evidenced by the, the, I mean, the league table doesn't lie. You know what I mean? But at the same time, until he's won something, he hasn't done it. And I, and I get why a lot of people, well, a lot of outside people looking in are sometimes thinking that maybe Arsenal are getting a little too ahead of itself when they're when we talk about how great. Aston, how now. many of his assistants had to hold him back? <laughs> right, that's true. They all they all did. There's yeah. 
I'm all for. That's what they're for. No, I'm all for the passion, right? And I, I love that part. But there's, there it is. This is great. That's gold. That's I don't see any twenty-year-old women. There should be a B in logo on the shirt, um, <laughs> or like a, or like version. a twenty-one-year-old girl. Or, or yeah, and like. I also don't think we as fans look. I say that, but my title of the show today was the Vendetta against Arteta because I do think since the art, since what's happened is the media storm. Chris Sutton, John Cross, um, Richard Keys, uh, Gary Neville—they're all at it. And I think it's galvanized once again the Arsenal fan base to come together. And Mikel Arteta knows that, but he also has to be like the leader and know when to push those buttons and when to hold back. Because yeah. I tell you something, the pressure's not even on yet. It's not. We're still in January. It's not even close. We haven't played the North London Derby. We haven't played United. We haven't played City. We've got to play them twice. We got you know, those games against teams that we fell apart last season. This is where Arsenal Football Club will win or lose the title, and you've got to keep this shit together. 100%. And, and, and I really agree with that. And, and, and matter of fact, that leads to situations like this. And, Jared, I want you to talk to me a little bit about how you feel about the fact that we're getting our hands slapped uh, because of the way that maybe we showed too much passion, did you think that we were maybe that anything that we did was out of order or extra or any more than any other team has displayed this year? No, this thing is absurd, and the reason it's absurd, and my problem with this is officiating in general. I know we talked about this in the post game. It's not necessarily what the ruling is; it's that it's not anywhere near consistently applied to all teams. For all the times that Arsenal had the referee surrounded uh, and were debating or uh, going against the calls, Newcastle did the same thing. They had him surrounded. They had the same number of players around him in his ear, you know, yelling at him, throwing arms in the air, the exact same things that we do. So if the Premier League was going to take a hard line and say that that is not going to be tolerated and there's going to be sanctions after it happens every time, I don't love it, but I'd be okay with it. This sort of picking and choosing your times when similar situations happen in every single game uh, to just pick Arsenal out for this and make this a thing, I think is a little bit ridiculous. And it's one of one of the many things I dislike about the way that the game's officiated now is just the lack of consistency across a number of different things. Yeah, I can't say that I, I don't uh, I, I don't really think there's much more to say about that, because I think that the issue that we have with how we feel about the biases that exist within the referees is well documented. I know I've been on this show and I've sounded off about that. I don't know how many times. I don't know why an entity in a country that's so incredibly diverse is so incredibly well, they only have one type of identity, if you know what I'm saying. And and it's really frustrating because they all seem to have the same biases built in. And those biases added together create these situations that oftentimes seem incredibly unfair. You know, um, and, and like I said, I, I at the end of the day, uh, Soph is right. The better we get, the more things are going to go that way, which is why, honestly, I think we've kind of said enough on that. One of the things I want to finish up with with on the the on the pitch portion of this is let's be let's talk about something nice. Like what was the best moment from the games that you feel have um, over these two different, uh, over this last week. And then uh, who was the best player? Like what, what, what excited you the most about what you saw on the pitch? Go for it, Mike. I mean, it's the continued, just miraculously incredible performance of Bakayo Saka, in my opinion. Mm. I, I mean, the guy just, uh, you know, 
the Newcastle game wasn't wasn't his best game, but I mean, you just they game planned around it, which is what you have to do. I mean, you when 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 a team has an unplayable player on it, you have to game plan against him. And and Newcastle, being an organized defensive team, was able to do that. And of course, they their strategy was the same as Crystal Palace's and other teams. Uh, but you know, Bukayo Saka and and you know, you have to also mention Odegaard. We've been singing his praises since the World Cup ended. Um, in in incredible intensity because he's just absolutely brought it. Um, you know, it, it, it's still the same situation where you could point to five or six. I mean, the only guy who really kind of had an off week would be that that's normally just one of those people that you're saying is completely changing this, the way that this team is playing the game would be William Saliba, but not to the extent where I have any concern. He's just rusty. What about for you, Soph? Best moment and best player? Uh, best moment in the Newcastle game in particular? No, best moment for this, uh, for the last two games. So you can pick the Brighton game as well. Uh, well, the Brighton game, I just think the, the just the efficiency and mm. the prolific ability to finish. You know, Super Kev always says on our show, if you don't finish your chances, you're not going to win the game. Brighton was a perfect example of what Arteta wants from a team. You're getting goals from various players. Four goals scored by four different players. That is incredible considering where we were, reliant on Aubameyang. If he doesn't score, what else does he offer to a team? Not much. Lacazette ran out of steam. What was he offering to the team? Not much. You're relying then on a young Saka and a young Emil Smith-Rowe to bail you out. Now you're getting goals from Saka. You're getting goals from Martinelli, Odegaard, Xhaka. Even Thomas Partey's banged some in this season. You're getting goals from Gabriel to set pieces. So for me... It's the ability to, when you see that through that plan come to fruition and the goals coming from all places, it's beautiful uh, to watch. Regarding Newcastle, I think it's an, another example of how this team is illustrating step by step and game by game how they can overcome adversity in the sense that in the past, maybe that Brighton game does end up 4 4. Maybe the Newcastle game, game ends up 0 1. Um, when the corner came at the very end, half of me was suffering from PTSD and the other half was thinking, no, no, this is a new Arsenal. We've got this. It's a totally different, totally different scenario. Um, so that for me was coming out of that game with no sending off in a time, in a, in a match where Newcastle wanted that. They were going after certain players and they were targeting certain players, but we didn't succumb to that. And I feel like that's a huge growth despite the fact that the game went off and Arteta was going nuts on the sideline, the team kept their mojo and they kept it together. I think that's that that speaks leaps and bounds. But as the season goes on, that's the part that worries me, as I said earlier. You've got to make sure that... Can, right can I jump in with the moment uh, before you hand it to Jared? Because I know Jared <laughs> hasn't had a chance to, uh, to, to answer this yet. The, for me, the moment, the most undersung moment, but probably the best moment was... Uh, in our first or second goal, I don't remember which one against Brighton, Thomas Partey breaking up a counterattack. Um, and how you know, good has he been? So that was brilliant. Later, five to ten seconds later, two or three passes later, balls in the back of the net. Um, and you know, again, I don't remember if it was Saka's it was goal huge. or, or mm. Nakedia's goal, but I mean, not it was the only, first goal. It was the first goal in the match. Right. And he broke a counterattack. 
not only did was it you know a, a a turnover in a very important part of the pitch that 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 left us absolutely ready to attack the goal but i mean it they had a four or five on two or three players they were gonna i mean if they didn't score it would have been because they they botched the pass or or had a heavy touch or something like that because they they had us going back the opposite direction and thomas Partey perfectly timed took the ball and then pushed, you know, pushes it forward. It isn't even like he took himself out of the play to stop it up and someone else came in. He, he pickpocketed the guy. You know what I love about that is like, let's flash back to, and I know that this is going to give a lot of people PTSD, but let's go back to like 2012. And what that reminded me of is like, we've lost the ball there before. Matter of fact, it was actually Thomas Partey who lost the ball right there. But had that been Alex Song, there would not have been a run. There would not have been that urgency to win the ball back and then play, or Danielson for sure, to, to win the ball back and then play it forward. And then again, it, it was Zinchenko. What I loved about it was it was actually working in tandem. It was Partey who grabbed the ball and then Zinchenko played it as if he was like a prime Santi Cazorla. And we were watching Coughlin and Cazorla back in uh, 2016, you know? Francis would, have, Francis would have nutted him. Oh. <laughs> So, so that being said, I'm passing it off to you, off the back of my shirt, like Cogzilla, Cogzilla. Cogzilla. <laughs> Please don't. We're, hey, Soph, can you tell you're on the Gooners pod now? I love it. I can swear. <laughs> I'm just going to swear for this. Sh- I, lo- I love that I can swear. Uh, apparently, I can I can talk about inappropriate things on uh, on Highbury Squad now, and she only gives yeah. me a slap on the wrist. Um. So, yeah, Jared, so go ahead and give me your favorite moment and, and, and the uh, best player that you feel out of this last week. So I feel like a couple of us were kind of working off the same notes here. Um, I had exactly what Sophie had for best moment. I thought the Brighton game, seeing uh, the team get a goal from all four of our attackers was huge. You know, not relying on one player, you know, just in the very recent past, we saw games where it felt like if Aubameyang didn't score, we weren't going to score. So to have a little bit of diversity in the attack and see now I think Saka, Martinelli, and Odegaard all on seven goals and Ketty has come on and got a couple it gives us a lot of options and we're not relying on one person anymore, which I think is huge. And that's something we've all been crying out for, for a number of years now. And then Mike sort of preemptively took the uh, second part of my answer. Uh, The best player for me has been Thomas party. Uh, I feel like he's gone a little bit under the radar and has been underappreciated this year. Um, He mentioned the way he stopped the break, regained possession and got us a goal in Brighton. He also did that. uh, The game prior, I believe was West Ham if I'm remembering almost an identical situation where they got a little too aggressive trying to get out on the break, he he makes a recovery and it leaves them uh, behind on numbers and we bagged a goal. So I I guess we're all kind of thinking the same thing, but that's a good thing. We've got a lot of good stuff to uh, reflect on over the past two or three games. And isn't that so much of an improvement over what it's been for so long? I mean, how many weeks in the last few years have we been able to look back at a week and say, you know what? It was it was great. You know, I I think one player that I think is getting um, well, I mean, he's getting his plaudits, but none of us are really singling him out. And it's Martin Odegaard. I you know, if if, if, I was already looking for the picture when you said that (laughs) (laughs) I was already searching for this because I knew where you were going. Well, it's because and and I'm going to wax poetic a little here. It's like Wenger used to say, like, it's like 
you know, football is art, and I love the artistry uh, of, of <laughs> that like, guy. The better one of that is where he's with Giroud. Do you remember the one with Giroud next to him? <laughs> um, um, and if if Arteta is the uh, is the guy that's making the music, he's actually creating the sheet music for all of the uh, players to be um, instrumental to. It's Odegaard that's conducting the team and. Boy, is he doing that well. And it's, I I have not, like, he does things that make me just stand up and just, I lose my breath. I go, that nutmeg at West Ham, what was that? That was absolutely sensational. And it's, and, and, and the goal, and it's it's been a crazy month for him. And honestly, I think that he should win player of the month. I know that that's up on arsenal.com. Don't forget to go check that out, everybody. Vote for your player of the month. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think he's been really, really great. Um, I think that talking about w- what's going on off the pitch very, very quickly, I know that everybody's tired of, uh, tired of transfer talk, but as we move on to off the pitch, um, we have, we do have some updates for both. <laughs> porn I'll forget your, the listener comments of Epic. Uh, it's, funny. it's a different vibe here. It's a different vibe here. So if you saw, you saw during the prelims, we get, we get, why we're not allowed it. on before 10 o'clock in the UK. I mean, like, like there, it's that broadcasting thing where, you know, we wouldn't, uh, no, that's mainly because you. you always have your shirt off, Mike. Um, <laughs> You're going to want to see that soon. Very much. No, but no, but going over transfers, we do have a little bit of an update. It is breaking. Fabrizio Romano and um, I forget the other Portuguese um, reporter's name have both confirmed that Arsenal have actually stepped up their interest in Jao Felix. It actually is real. Manchester United have come in with an, uh, with an offer about 2.5 to $3.5 million for the loan deal, but it seems like Arsenal aren't shaken for that. And it looks like maybe, just maybe, Arsenal might be looking at both of these players. Is that a bunch of smoke? Am I just thinking whimsically here, or 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 is this actually something that might happen where Arsenal might act like big boys in the market? What do you think, Soph? Well, I thought David Ornstein's broadcast before the Newcastle game here on NBC Television in the United States was a little. He downplayed the Mudrick thing, yet he did indicate that Mudrick is. If he's going anywhere, Arsenal is the destination, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're not dealing with the player. We're dealing with the club. And the club want the money that they want, but they could price themselves out in the market. And Arsenal Football Club have proven, as we've seen in the summer market, they weren't willing to give Aston Villa more money than they were willing to pay or the market value for the player. I think Felix is a game-changing player. Let's not mm. get caught up in the numbers here, you guys. This is the type of player that comes in and can elevate the team immediately. Um, You need players who can come in right now. You don't need prospects. You need proven players who can come in, move the needle, and help us maybe take this to the next level. I I have a feeling United might get him. You think so? Something in my gut just tells me that. Mudrick wants to play for the Arsenal. I mean, the dude has just been all over his Instagram during the Chelsea game the other day. Was that real? His Instagram post talking about boring, how boring the game was with Z's. That's Did real. Just, I mean, that's un- the, he doesn't want to go to play for Chelsea. Chelsea are desperate right now. 
I would, Chelsea are being I would, used right now. You know what? I'd be more worried about Manchester City coming in for Mudrick mm. more than Chelsea because I was watching a Manchester City podcast the other day and four premier Manchester City podcasters were talking about how they feel they're weak at, in the wing in the winger position. It, you know, and I, I, I don't think it will happen. But once the player wants to join a club, I think that will happen. I think Arsenal will just try and meet them in the middle. So in the winger position? I mean, I mean no, it's, no, they get more than you know. Sub no, but they, but they're bench. talking about Grealish isn't as he's not the guy that they thought. He's come in, he comes in, he blows in hot and cold. You know what I mean? You know they, mm. you know, Mares comes off the bench. Yeah, they came off and they won the game, but you know their standards are here. So their 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 conversations I'm just, I'm just are elevated. Laughing, yeah, they consider themselves weak in that position. That's the position that they have. That, they, they listen, have so I'll send you the link, and you I'll send you the link show so you can hear it they were talking about strengthening their winger positions and this is the difference between our club and theirs we're not there yet right but that doesn't mean that we don't want to get there right it doesn't mean that arsenal football club are lax in investment or are apathetic because city can bring Grealish and mares off the bench to win a game that's what we're trying to get to and that's what arsenal football club need to get to if they want to win the Premier League, Aston. I could very easily be talked into Jao Felix, by the way. The, you know, the the but it, but it has to, you know, his wages are high, um, much higher than Mudrick's would be, which only concerns me in the sense that I'd, I'd you know, I'd, I'd like to try to lock him into a five-year contract at those wages and not rent him for six months and then essentially try to re-sign him where he's also going to be looking for a pay bump. But Ultimately, again, it's about the player. I don't want to. Like, when know. it's your daughter's twenty-first birthday, you're going to throw her a party, right? Well, that hmm. was a year ago, but uh, okay, and we right. did. Okay, so good. You're not scrimping and saving for your daughter's twenty-first. You're giving her everything she wants. She's your daughter. You're going to throw the kitchen sink at her twenty-first birthday. She I is just your got her princess. first journalism job yesterday, by the way. Okay, fine. Congratulations. You you have you have invested in her. And you're getting ROI, right? Oh, yeah. We yeah, need. You, it doesn't matter what Felix costs. Pay the money. Win oh, the I, league. I, I'm just now. telling you the things that I'm thinking in terms of. But I'm not telling you I don't want to do it. I, I absolutely. I have said many, many times. And why are if, you penny pinching? I'm not. He is. He, he's been penny pinching since I met him. I'm the, not. This entire- and, and and you know, on Shabbat, that's really not a nice thing to say. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not penny pinching. I would take Felix for 88 million pounds. I would take, I'm sorry, Mudrick. Uh, I would take Felix for the same price. I would take Declan Rice for that price and maybe more so than either of those two if, in fact, that's the price. I, I would absolutely. The summer do that. purchase. I'm, I'm, well, why wait until the summer if we're a big because club? Because we West Ham are in a dog fight <laughs> and they're not letting Declan Rice go in I, January. I, I, I know that, but but you know, Shakhtar's got a, qual- a Champions League to qualify for. Uh, Atletico Madrid's got a Champions League to qualify for. I mean, they, they, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just putting some figures out there and saying, you know what, I trust Adu and and um, and and Arteta to make the right decisions. And my bigger concern isn't about whether we have to spend the twenty million or not. It's more about who are our backup plans. <laughs> That are good enough to. Come I would in. take Giroud back as a backup plan for five months to come You're off mad. the bench. You're mad. Get out of here. 
No, I'm not mad. <laughs> no, see? Excuse me. Now I'm Giroux in love mad. I'm I'm mad, Giroux. The dude is a Are you serious? You're I'm mad? To, I wouldn't I wouldn't do uh, it. No, no, you don't know. So you don't know about Aston and I, one of the first time we met in person, we 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 stayed up until we were at a hotel in Sarasota because I was there looking for houses at the time. And he was he was hanging out in the hotel with me. Steph was sleeping. Um, aided by a couple of glasses of wine, uh, and we were just art yelling at the top of our lungs about the difference between Ramsey and Giroud. That so is, that is historic. Now I want to be I want to be correct. I want to come right because first of all, you don't call the queen uh, the queen of the Highbury squad mad. <laughs> that that is that is a disrespect that we're not going to do on this show. But no, I'm a mad Greek. It's okay. You can. <laughs> <laughs> but what I will but what I will say is I think that the type of money that you would pay for Giroud, I would just give. Jao Felix. I really think that that's Giroux's how much. not going to cost you Jao Felix money. No. I, think I think that I think that buying Giroud is going to cost more not, than it's the. It's not. The we, loan, we could loan. We could do Felix. a loan deal from Milan. I mean, do you, do, do, we even if Mike we buy him, Mike could buy him <laughs> on his yearly salary for us. He'll be done deal. I mean, and I could be wrong. I could be mistaken, but isn't Giroud more critical to their team than Jao Felix is to Atletico Madrid? Well, like the way it, they play, yeah. I mean, so so that's what I'm saying is as that that's going to increase Giroud's price. That's literally why I'm saying it is. I think that Giroud's price would be much higher because Milan values him as integral to the team uh, I, versus I, surplus well, of, to requirements. Of course, but at the same, I just saw Newman say Giroud couldn't press trousers. You're not asking him to come in and press. You're asking him <laughs> to come off the bench against Newcastle and get a goal. Well and more often than Lee judges does. I want to get Jared in on this because we brought up a, we brought up another name. We've been talking about Jao Felix. We've been talking about Mudrick. But what's even more of a pipe dream is this new rumor that instead of 120 million, Declan Rice is being seen as 75 million. Is that a more important? If that were available, is that a more important position to strengthen, or should we be? And, and that being said, should we be in the market for another midfielder? This is not really a weekend review show anymore, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a week in January, so transfers are always yeah. on the uh, on the agenda. Hey, it was this week. It was this week that this news got released. Okay. Yeah, I think midfield is. Obviously, when you look at the squad overall in terms of the age, we're young everywhere other than potentially the midfield. When you look at Jaka, Party, El Nini, they're all in the 30-ish range. So that would be the area that needs to be addressed probably sooner rather than later. I'm also a person, I think midfield, if you're going to build a team, I think you build it from the midfield out both directions. I'm not for building an attack. And I understand sometimes, you know, the best defense is a good offense. I prefer a solid midfield that can support both areas of the pitch. So I would love to see someone like Declan Rice come in as, you know, Soph and Mike both mentioned earlier, that would be a summer signing. West Ham's not about to get rid of them in January when they've got a lot to play for still, but I think it's an important piece. And it's the reason that I think we may not add another midfielder in January unless it was just a dry loan deal is because we'll make a move for a, a player like him in the summer, whether it be rice or mm. Savage or any of those bigger name midfield players. I think that's something the team would like to see brought in in terms mm. of the attack for me, Joao Felix, I, I believe fits us like a glove. I think he would be an absolutely perfect fit to come in, hit the ground running style of play. You know, he, he can press, he can do a little bit of everything. And it reminds me a bit when you look at, 
a really talented young player looked at as sort of a young phenom that comes in, goes to a big Spanish club and kind of has leveled out a little bit. Maybe just takes a dry loan move to Arsenal. Things go well and, and we go back in for him. We saw it in the very recent past with Martin Odegaard and now he's the captain, arguably the best midfielder in the Premier League this year. And he's really fit well. And I think Felix could go kind of that same route. So of all the players we've been linked with, I think he's the one that raises us a level the quickest. And I would be more inclined to see him come in on a loan than I would pay, you know, the hundred million they're talking for Mudrick. I think that's a ridiculous figure for what he's accomplished thus far, even though I do like him as a player. Uh, my number one on my list would be bringing in Joao Felix. And in that note, I know Sophie mentioned Manchester United. I think this is one where Arsenal may wait until he agrees a loan fee with someone else to where we can establish a level uh, of what it will take to get him. And then at that point, we can come in and say, hey, we'll match that offer and and let him choose which is the more attractive option for six months, coming to play for the team that's going to be playing for the league title or going to you know Chelsea or United, somebody who's not going to be in that same situation. And I think we've got an advantage there. With his, with his wages already set, that does kind of like, I mean, there isn't necessarily a bidding war on a loan about wages. It's, it's more about the uh, the loan fee that the club will take and where the player would rather play the next six months. Mm-hmm. And for once, that works in our favor. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, you know, the debate is, do you spend 20 million pounds on a player who you don't even have any stake to? And I think part of what Arsenal are working for right now is an option to buy. Mm. Um, and if we get that, that changes things dramatically because that, that, that money you're spending on him as a gamble this season, a gamble which could only help, but will it help enough, uh, becomes a little more secure because if he doesn't help, you have not tied yourself down to four years of high wages with a player who might not be the perfect fit after all. If it does work out, then you've got an in, you've got an Odegaard connection, you've got, you know, you could maybe, if he's, you know, if if Atletico want to do with him, like Real Madrid did with Danny Ceballos, different type of loan, different type of player, and hopefully a better outcome. But we loaned him two full seasons in a row. Mm. Same, you know, we could loan Felix again next season and uh-huh. and, uh, and rent the guy instead of owning it. I, mean, <laughs> I saw a, a clip. Of, I saw a clip of myself talking about Ceballos early days at Arsenal, and it's so embarrassing. I mean, he got in the Champions League final last year. So, uh, oh, football we, makes fools of all of us sometimes. I love it. It's uh, <laughs> what's that they say on the big six now? Football is a humbler, right? Um, yeah. I, I I think that you bring up a really interesting point about the idea that Joe Felix has multiple um, different locations that he can go, and the attractiveness of Arsenal. This right here speaks to that attractiveness. It's been another week. We're still top of the table, but let's actually talk about some of the things that have gone gone on and uh, on around us. Now, one of the things that the table kind of shows you, which it might be creeping into the back of my mind. I don't know if it's creeping in the back of anybody else's Manchester United are actually on form. They actually have been winning pretty much all of their games. Matter of fact, I saw, um, I saw a stat that said since they've got their um, transfers in Mikel Arteta has gotten 38 possible points while they've gotten 35 possible points, only three points behind us. And I think that's actually very telling. Are you worried at all that this title race might actually be a little wider, that Manchester City might not be our only rivals? And am I the only one that's nervous about 
the newly emerging Manchester United without Ronaldo. Go ahead, Soph. I have been talking on our show and I have been telling my sister, who's a Man United fan, and my niece, who's a Man United fan, that in October, late October, I said to them, there's something about your team that always, I don't know what it is, I just felt like they were never going to be out of it. I always felt like if they removed Ronaldo from the scenario, and I spoke to Felix, um, uh, no, a Flex, sorry. No, 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 I didn't sign him, Flex. And I said to him, if Ten Hag has the same bravery Mikel did to remove Ronaldo the same way Mikel removed Aubameyang, I think they could pull a team together. And they are not, listen, guys, there is a long way to go. We've got to play City twice. We've got the North London Derby. We've got to play them we owe them, though, for that result at Old Trafford. And yes, they're in it. I think everybody's in it. I think we, City, Newcastle, I think will fall away. Um, I think United will keep getting stronger, especially if they strengthen in this window. And Ten Hag is similar to Arteta. He inherited a mess. He inherited an institutional mess. Disaster behind the scenes, broken club, a broken team, no confidence, but you're seeing them start to pull it together. And I just don't, if they, if they get a result against us, God forbid, they're mm. totally in it. And I, I think they're a shoe in for top four right now. If I had to bet, I would bet a lot of money on United finishing in the top four spot and their, their confidence is only going to grow. Who would be your fourth team, though? Newcastle, Spurs, or uh, or Chelsea, or someone else? Liverpool. Liverpool. So is I, I actually, yeah, I actually, I actually said to Rebecca and Warren and John, I said, "Do you think I'm crazy if I say that Newcastle and Tottenham fall out the top four, and United and Liverpool make the top four spot?" I mean, the, the cream does. There, there's no, right. there's no uh, given right that says that we're going to end up in the top four. Don't shoot no. me, everyone. I'm just saying. There's a long way to go. There's a lot of football to be played. And, you know, it, I'm, any, worried it, about, I'm worried it's about... going to be a roller coaster ride. Get ready for it, Gooners. I'm telling you right now, we will fall out of first pot, first place at some point. I, 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 I just don't want to be a pessimist, but when you're playing against Pep and City, who have been here before and know what this game is about, We've got to play them twice. If Arsenal Football Club want to win the league, you have to win one of those games. If you don't win one of the go those games, we're not winning the league. The best thing that could have happened for us as it relates to United is, is Ronaldo being essentially forced to stay there. I mean, I I got very upset when I found out that they had parted ways due to mutual. And as much as I loved the schadenfreude of the whole ridiculous interview and stuff, I knew that was the end, and I knew that was going to be the end of of uh, right. of of just the disjointed. By the, by the way, Mike, I just wanted to say, like I mentioned that about Liverpool before the Van Dyke injury. This was a show that was five days ago, and I said that. Right? You're, so you're now, basing now your opinion on what you best. know, and now I mean it's going to be tougher for them, isn't it? Let's be honest. But still, I mean, you know, I I, I don't want to talk. Aston's going to talk about Tottenham later. Mm. We're not winning that game. Sorry. Mm. What? Really? We're not beat. We're not. We're not beating Tottenham. Why do you feel that way? Come at me. Why do you feel we that never, way? Because you in recent elaborate. in recent years, we don't beat them there. 
Look we... at the North London derby swings our way, their way, our way, their way. It's like a heavyweight okay, fight. Well, one round to them, one round to them. One. If we get a point at Tottenham, we beat United, and we get a result against City on February 15th, it's on like Donkey Kong. I, I hear you, but we don't, also don't you lose at home to Manchester United anymore if we want to look at it. You know, I'm telling time. you right now, we got to win that game, and we do. And we generally, we do lately, but we do not win at Tottenham lately. We just don't. Well, this is a season of changes. We're, I, I'm going there to personally secure a win if I make it there. If I we don't are get, going it, there, we are going there with Benjamin White, Thomas Partey, right? We're going there with players we didn't have towards the end of last going season. We're going there with Saka. We're going there with Odegaard in form. We're going there with, uh, you know, with Saliba. Uh, uh, we're not Cuffey. going there with Rob Holding at the back. We're going there right? with Norton Cuffey. Uh, we got we got everything through. We're going there with Tyrese John Jules. Craig Eastman's just, coming back. I think people Dutton. who think we're going to smoke Tottenham like Marcelo uh, no, Ferreira, and and it will certainly be a, a, a it'll be a Newcastle style, not 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 the same style, but it'll just be it'll be one of these things where you're just you're you want to mm -hmm. punch your television, or if you're sitting, you know, if you're standing next to Tom Rosenhammer like I will be, you want to punch him uh, because there's so many frustrating things that are happening during it. But I, I, I we're not going to smoke them, but I think we beat them. And I, and I don't normally pick. I normally pick. Gibran says Zinchenko having Zinchenko is different. I'm just saying, like I just don't think that's a shoe in. It's not. It's not. It, it, it's never a shoe in. But you just you basically just declared that we were going to lose. I never like, said lose. I said we're not going to get the result that we want. That's yeah, a win. I don't think that's what you said. All right, I, fine. I'll say this right now. I we're not said, beating. We're not I said beating. we're not beating Tottenham. Okay, if you said yeah, all right, so. So so let's do this. Let's do this. We're doing this now on the show. Official. Everybody can clip it up. Sofa said that we're not beating Tottenham. Mike, and you what know you what? I would love to eat the humble Tottenham pie with the whipped cream on top. I will do, whatever you want to do. Bet? Gooners V cancer bet for that one? Or sure. do we bet lamb ribs or what do we do? No, fifty fifty bucks. I donate fifty bucks to Gooners V Cancer. If Arsenal win. And if, if Arsenal don't win. Then we, I'll donate fifty dollars. If we don't beat Tottenham, I will give you fifty bucks. So you're getting the draw. At, you know, all right. Well, well, well no, 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 no. We're we're making it a little spicy. Coming at me, but I'm just being. I'm being from, from honest. A, this from is a, my from opinion. From a gambling perspective, I'm taking a sucker's bet here, but I'm but I'm happy to do it on behalf of proper gooners worldwide. I would love to we'll, be wrong. <laughs> we'll make this. We're going to make this a little spicier because I think we're going to put stakes on for every single person. Because if you not only will you have to do that, you'll have to eat pie on. Air. That's what I'm asking sure. for. You I have can. to eat pie on air. Jared, where are you, where are you, where are you at with this? What will what's going to be the result with us and Tottenham? So since no one's taken this option, can I get the win and the tie? <laughs> Is that one for me? <laughs> so there's, not, there's not all sorts of different varieties available. Um, no, I mean it's one. We're definitely going to have to score more than one goal to win, but I think we've shown we're able to do that this season. So. Being the eternal optimist that I am, I will take an Arsenal victory in that game. What about you, Mike? You're obviously you're going the other way, right? We're going to win. Well, I, my my initial goal here was, I mean, you know, this isn't necessarily the pre-Tottenham preview, but but the moment I heard we are not beating Tottenham, take my word for it. I, I want the other side of that bet. Well, I didn't expect it to be the pre-Tottenham preview either, but then. Sophie came with all the smoke and and it had to be she and it had to be a tremendous and, amount of smoke. And, and, and you want to you know, know something interesting tomorrow. She's going to regret that. No, no, no. You want to know something interesting? <laughs> I will eat pie good. on this show. If we beat Tottenham, because I agree with Soph. 
Thank you, Ashton. I actually think we're going to get a draw. I would love a draw. I would so, listen. And, and I, and I would says, take a draw. Don't you and, dare take a draw of any game. Like uh, no, I would take a point there right now. You give it to me, I'll take it. Well, and if look, you look over the Patsy last two or three with years. Me too. Yeah, but he also calls you lady though. So uh. yeah. I read that wrong, by the way. He doesn't. Lynn wants to know why. I she said, I would like to ask why. Look at I mean. We thought we were going to beat them going there last season, and I was sitting in a bar in Cyprus. And by the way, I ended up in a Tottenham bar. I don't know how that happened. I, my sister sent me there as a joke, right? Because her husband supports Tottenham, and she supports Man United, and she's like, go here and watch the game. I'm like, I'm not going to go there. But she goes, go there, you'll enjoy it. It's a famous Tottenham bar in Cyprus, and my own sister sent me there. And I sat there, and after the first goal went in, I'm like, this is, I'm supposed to be enjoying myself on the island of love, and it turned out to be a total nightmare. The and island I of nightmares. After, yeah, I left after it went 2-0 up because I'm like, there's no way we're winning this game. Some games you just have that gut feeling and you know, right? And I would take a point right now. What Arsenal fan isn't taking a point right now in the North London derby away from home? I would. I would say we going are away league. from home. And over the last three years, look at if, if there's any team that's played well against Manchester City, and I hate to say nice things about Spurs, but every year they find a way to get a result against them. And if there's any team that plays a similar style of football to them, it, it's Arsenal. So while I'm always confident in our ability to beat them because I think overall we're a better team, I can definitely understand where Sophie and Astor are coming from, that that's not a, a gimme of a game because they've shown they can get results against teams that are good and play the way that we play. And this kind of goes into what we were, we, what I kind of wanted to do with this section, which is I just kind of wanted to talk quickly about the form of all the teams around us and how, you know, we, we touched on United, we touched on Tottenham a little. What are you guys <laughs> feeling about Chelsea? Uh, are they a dead team? Because this is crazy to me. I think that, what is it? Like, uh, they haven't had a win since like November or something, right? Isn't it? How many? Like, came how many? in and won a game or two, and then, and then, and then I think that was it. Like how what is what is going on over at Chelsea Football Club? You're not winning games. Your your um, owner is literally cheating off everybody's exam to in order in the transfer market. Like, are they in a mess? Are they is is are we finally seeing the implosion of Chelsea, or do you think this is temporary and they'll ride this wave and and then come back? Well, money makes everything temporary, um, but but what what will be very interesting about them is to see how they handle falling out of the Champions League. Um, and at this point, they're in jeopardy of falling out of Europe altogether. Mm. And, you know, after a year or, God forbid for them, two years of missing out on the, that revenue stream, Todd Bowley's going to have a very, very annoying realization, and I, the, the annoying is kind of an understatement, of what running a football team and just spraying money around and not necessarily building a team does to a person. Are uh, they still in the Champions League right now? Yeah. That's the, their like only, the, the group that is the only mm -hmm. way they have a route back into the Champions League. Well, but I mean, even, yeah. Even, oh, if they win the Champions League. <laughs> they're not winning the Champions League this year. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. Yeah, uh, no, they're not you winning. Don't, you don't know that. I know, I know, I don't know that, and and they've done it in years where they were awful in the league. I mean, Roberto Roberto Mateo Mateo is the manager. 
This was a different game back then. I, I, I'm not too worried about that. I'm not saying they can't recover and finish top four, but I'm not not saying that. And um, No and, sympathy for them. Bask in the form no, I, of I, Chelsea people. That's the, t- that's the team that, that dropping out of the top four will have the most negative impact on, in my opinion. Uh, They're in and, a relegation fight. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> now, we haven't talked about the one elephant in the room, which is Manchester City. I think that this year, especially we're seeing over this last week, that they are, they do seem to be mortal. And is that me over getting overly excited? Because on the same note, this actually is still their greatest start to the Premier League, I believe, ever. Like, I think this still tops their la- um, last year, even. Um are Manchester, are Manchester City something to be scared of? Is is that chink in their armor real, Jared? Oh, they're absolutely something to be scared of if you're Arsenal. There's a reason they've won what, three of the last four or four of the last five Premier Leagues. You add arguably the best striker in the world who's on pace for 40 goals. There's a whole lot to fear about them. Um, the, the but unless one... he scores, it really feels like they can't score, right? Yeah, but he scored the same amount of goals as Saka, Odegaard, and Martinelli put together. That's fair. As far so, I mean, I think those three and him are both on, are all on twenty one. So, you know, if he can go out and score forty plus, you don't need a plethora of guys around him. The the one advantage we have, like I said earlier, is that we've got a diversity of players, you know, contributing and scoring goals. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens if Holland gets injured or, or misses a game or a number of games, how they balance out. Um, given the way they played the last number of years, I don't think that'll hit them the same way people think it might. You know, I think guys like De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, those players will step up, you know, kind of go back to their older style of play and and still get some goals. But for Arsenal to win, they're going to have to have almost as good of a run-in as we've had this opening, you know, what, 16, 17 games we played because they may drop a few points here and there, but they're, they're pretty relentless and they're not going to give you a lot of rope. So the two games we play against them may well end up being, you know, kind of what tells our story for the season, because if we come away with those with, you know, if we come away with those two games and four points, we're going to be in great shape. Even if we come away with two, we might still be in okay shape. But if you go there and and give away points to them, it's going to be a little bit of an uphill climb because they're not going to give too many back to you in those other fixtures. Barry kind of makes a good point, almost almost circumstantial or circumspectfully, in the sense that uh, the longer they're when their uh, when their Champions League run begins again, I mean, every year the intensity of wanting to win that you competition, our Europa League run. Well, what's the difference? Oh, I don't know. What is the difference? Uh, I mean, we're in. We we can win the Europa League. What's the difference? We we're in knockout phases too. So are they. What's the difference? I'm not just asking. I'm not talking about the minutes. I'm talking about the team selection. I'm talking about the 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 focus on a week where you might have two different games and and right. Pep will square peg round hole it again, and it'll be what it is. Yeah, because he literally put on like a what was it, a hundred and sixty million dollars in subs last night, right? Or Whenever they played, right? Like, I mean, there's no excuses at this point for Arsenal. Yeah. Everyone's no. in the same bat. Everyone's no, in the I, same I, camp. I'm, I'm just pointing out that I think I think in March and April, when those when those you know, when the Champions League goes from 32 down to eight, and Manchester City's still in it, I, I think you might see some some lack of of 100 1,000 percent focus on every single league game. And no, uh, Pep, listen, Pep. 
Look at the League Cup over the years. The dude they're goes used to having everything. the League One by then. No, the uh, League Cup. They I know. I'm saying they're used to having every... the League One by that point in the Champions League uh, season, and this year they will not. So I, I don't know. I, I look. I'm not saying that they're that they're going to be easy to. They can to, go on a run and win every game for the rest of the season. I still, I if I was a betting man, I would still bet on them to win the Premier League this season. Yes, even though and every betting points. man should. And I love that we should still be the underdog. Yeah. And somehow we've got ourselves into this if Arsenal fail narrative. Which is just well. I feel like that's the me. I feel like that's more of what we were talking about earlier, where that's the media, right? Because before it was every time we did something, they had to say, "Oh, Arsenal hasn't done this yet. Arsenal haven't played well." Now that we've gotten that far, and maybe this is just the part of becoming good again. Now it's well, if Arsenal don't do it, they're in shambles. It's a failure. It's kind of like last year no. when we were in a position that we. You know, we earned a position that we maybe didn't think that we could make up that year. I know certainly every single pundit in the world didn't put us in the top four race last year. And then there we were. And then when we don't, when we overachieve, even because fifth place was an overachievement last year, it's seen as shambles. And, and, and I think that that narrative is going again, where if Arsenal don't win the league, I feel like they, the media is absolutely setting it up to make it sound like we are, you know, it, that it's a failure. You know, hundred percent. And Rwanda, um, put that comment back up. Rwanda Singh. Oh. Uh, Tottenham are our rivals. Stop it! It's a totally different ball game. <laughs> stop it, Rwinder. Rewind like, yourself. Seriously, and stop saying stuff like that. I mean, it is. There's certain teams. It's totally different, and that is a team that doesn't matter about form. It's the North London derby. Doesn't matter form where we are, are in the league. That form goes out the window. There's the ding. It's true. <laughs> well, it, it, it's true. I think that this is a match that's unpredictable. You know, what's also unpredictable is City have a a um a derby coming up as well, and that's going to be very interesting. Casemiro, uh, Casemiro in form. Rashford. I bet Man United again. win that game. You think so? I, I actually weirdly think so. And that's actually what's making me nervous going ahead because I think if Man United win that game against City they really are going to be one of the teams that are pushing us all the way. But I want to go would you ahead. And would you rather have that and all of a sudden things get really, really tight behind us? Uh, Who would rather well, have? No, they. That hmm. we, all, we, we want to draw there. Yeah. yeah. We want. Yeah, I want to draw on a ton of red cards. Like that's an, an injury. Well, yeah. I don't want to wish injuries on any player I, I, ever. I, I personally, I want United to win that game. I'm not afraid to say hmm. that. No, uh, you don't. Enough behind no, you right don't. Now. Yes, they're on the rise, but uh, you, you know we. So if United beat us and they beat City, you want if really? If United beat us, that's a different story. But they play City well, first. Get your story straight, mate. They play City <laughs> first, mate. Uh, no, <laughs> our, our 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 love affair in London is going out the window right now after this show. But I no, mean, I, listen, play... I'm not getting my knickers in a twist, but I'm just saying, like. You know, it's just... We play... We, United play City first. If United win that game, we pick up points because, of course, we're beating Tottenham. Uh, we beat, we pick up points on everybody except for United. Then we go and we beat United. And, and, and United having beat City helps us. If they draw, then, you know... I, it, look, I'm just a maths guy. 
what is that? What's that phrase they have? If ifs and buts or whatever. Like, there's just too much. Ifs, like, ands, well, ifs, ands, and buts. Yeah, it, there's ands. just there's just too much hopeful for me, and I think that like we really can't sit out and hope. Like, like we're hoping that United taking points off City means Arsenal remain perfect for the rest of the season, and I think that's a really really tall ask. I do want to move away from this a little bit because I do want to kind of wrap up because um, we're uh, we'll I'm wrap gonna up. Have, the, I'm going to have to bounce as well, so. Yeah, yeah we, we just really quickly uh, around the club is the is the last little section. I did want to bring up on the women's side. We are saying goodbye to Jordan Nobbs, uh, 12 years at the club. Absolute legend. And we she will be sorely missed. Um, isn't she going to Aston Villa? Am I am I correct she in is. saying that? Yeah. yeah and you know who apparently played a big part of it? It's not. It's not as good without the Greece music, but I didn't want to get a copyright strike. But we all know that Unai Emery, uh, you know, he's just out to stick it to Arsenal and, and Emmy Martinez. Uh... Um, so, oh, so Arnie, cor- why am I trying to get a red card? Arnie thinks I deserve it. I'm trying to get a red card. So if am I performing badly? Uh, so if, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't um, I don't I, I believe you watch a little closer. Can you talk to us a little bit about Jordan and what she's meant to the team? I mean, she's an absolute <laughs> legend. Block Newman. Someone blocked Newman for five minutes. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't do it either. Jared? You should. You should. Got him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> finally, someone. Uh, listen, the move this ain't is the Highbury Squad. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The low You're too lenient. Squad. I love the your ruthlessness, squad. you guys. Mourinho esque. Um, <laughs> Jordan Nobbs is a legend. She's won countless trophies. She's been at the forefront of this team. She's been an integral part of growing Arsenal women over the years. And I'm personally very sad, but she goes with the blessing of every single Arsenal fan. She deserves this moment. And you know what? She really wants to play in the World Cup. And if you're not getting first-team football all the time, you know, you've got to move for your own best interest. And she would always be welcome back to the Arsenal. And you can just see from the outpouring from the players, uh, from people like Ian Wright, uh, the respect for her is immense. And- but it was so bang out of order for her to then say that the little girl inside her always wanted to play for Aston Villa. Because, that I mean, that was just unnecessary. I don't know why. She's she just... <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have to deal with this every day, Soph. Every day. Doesn't change how I feel about Jordan Nobbs and what I'm she's good. done. She, she didn't say that, and, and we will oh, miss her didn't. tremendously, even though, you know, she's going to be harassed by Emmy Martinez every day. Now. I love that video, by the way. If you haven't seen it, please check the Arsenal Instagram uh, or the Twitter. Oh, I thought you missed this video. What made me do that? But it's just, and, and, the, and the worst part is, I had to find some other music that wouldn't be copyright. And that kind of goes. I don't know if I'm at a Greek wedding or a Jewish wedding because I feel like I'm not a. You're at the wedding of Unai Emery Echigoyen or whatever the fuck his name is and, and Jordan Nobbs. 
but quickly I'm trying to uh, be serious about her but una, sorry unaya i forgot that yeah that's how i pronounce there is no seriousness on this show for sure but we had her going out and let's not uh, and let's also put out a special welcome uh, we've got Victoria coming into the women's uh, club as well. If you haven't checked it out, Arsenal women's is such a good team. They're so fun to watch this year, and they do have... Uh, worried, it, it, worried without Mead and Meadamore. It's going to be tough, but I think we've got enough enough depth to get there. Do we have, well, enough, do we have enough resiliency in our locker? <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully she uh, she helps add to that depth. And the last thing I kind of want to just talk about that the club's doing, um, talking about what's going on around the club. Let's not forget we are expanding our No More Red co- campaign. That's Arsenal taking a stance. I take this stuff very personally because, you know, in my other life, I am an activist. I actually do work on things like youth violence, uh, like, you know, marginalizations and those things. And anytime I see the club participating, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. No More Red is is a uh, campaign that Arsenal has put together in a fight against youth violence. So I, I think the number was, it's some staggering number of the amount of knife attacks that have happened in England to teenage youth over this last year. Yes, it's gone down in 2022, but it, it skyrocketed in 2021. So, Hopefully, uh, if you have, if you or your family or if anybody's interested in um, volunteering or being a part of that, it, the information is on the Arsenal website. Um, and, I, and I think it's important that these are the things that we highlight and these are the things that we um, take part in. And, and it's an absolute shame that so much of the hubbub around this is being tied to how we last time we wore that shirt, we lost to Nottingham Forest. I mean, like that, it's unfortunate because that completely clouds the incredible cause that it's, I mean, I honestly, all I've heard today is why are we doing that again? We lost to Nottingham forest. And you've just said in 45 seconds, like you've taught me more about what this entire thing is all about, because all I've been hearing is the, is the, the superstitious stuff. So uh, it, it's a great cause. And, and like you said, it, you know, I know other clubs do stuff like this, but no one does it like the us. Some yeah. things are bigger than football. Absolutely. Yeah, and what they've done is Arsenal's actually worked together, and you can check it out on the website. They've got together with a couple of, uh, instead of Arsenal directly doing it, they have a lot of charities. Oh, yeah, so got ahead. I got to go, you, you guys. I love you all. Love everyone in chat. Thanks for having me. See you Tuesday uh, night. I'm wondering big, uh... how I can disassociate myself from the Emery Knobs <laughs> video, but I think it's just there now out in the universe. Oh, I'll, I'll send it to you on uh, on WhatsApp so you can watch it all night. Okay. When, uh, uh, thank you, Aston. Great job hosting. Jared, sorry. Um, Pleasure. Tried to get a word in edgeways, but when there's the last three, it's really very difficult. <laughs> up, up the Arsenal, and I'll see you Monday night after Oxford. Bye. And that was so. Look, we I, I like it when she's on because we have a, it, it adds this air to legitimacy to our degeneracy. Okay. <laughs> well said. It very well, and uh, yeah, no, self, self, self's the best, and I can't wait to have her on on Tuesday. Um. Yeah, and and really, uh, like I said, I was just finishing up. Arsenal, you can join one of the many, many, many uh, community outreach programs that they do have. Check it out on the website. It's good to go. It's called No More the No More Red Campaign, and it's being run by Arsenal and Adidas. Um. I think that's pretty much it. I I had some other stuff around uh, that is here. Um. You know, 
Richard, we could discuss how how much of a cunt Richard Keys is, if you'd like. I, I I'm gonna talk to Steph about that instead. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll get that out of my system. Uh, you know, a little bit later. Oh, I, I and I don't want to talk too much about Richard Keys because my daughter and her friends are here, and I'm like not even kidding. They're home. They're 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 home from college, and I don't want to pull a Richard Keys by accident. So, um, oh wow, hands not nearly as hairy though. By the way. Um, for those of you that don't know, Richard Keys was kicked out of media because he is a dinosaur. Okay, he is just a, he's an awful person, and if you take any time to let his takes like enter your brain, you've, you you're you're hurting yourself. It's brain rot. His, his takes actually cause brain rot. So yeah, well, mission accomplished for him though, because they got people saying his name, even though they are mostly talking about, you know porking his daughter's girlfriend and while his wife had cancer and 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 all those awful things i mean that that just disqualifies you from having a take in my opinion but Mm. that's how we're ending the week and uh, this was your week in review that wasn't really a week in review but it was a fun show um and uh aston what are you up to this weekend no arsenal on saturday or sunday this weekend so what are you gonna do well, I'm going to do a wild thing called work. I actually have a uh, food pantry, <laughs> and we have to re up. We have to re up this weekend, so and it'll be it'll be a lot of box moving this weekend. Nice. So you're going to be handling box all weekend. Mm-hmm. All right, Jared. What about you, Jared? Nothing is exciting, and I'm not nearly as good of a person. Uh, I'm not dog a good sitting. Person. Dog sitting for some friends, so that's about it. Do you run up to the homeless and like, give me that sandwich and just run away? <laughs> I really hate it when there's good being done around me in general, so I try and stifle it at every point possible. <laughs> He's going to Orlando to break into the food kitchen and, and, and take everything tomorrow morning. I'm going to look like Chris Farley and Tommy Burr and uh, Billy Madison when they're like, who would steal 30 sack lunches? And he's just sitting outside <laughs> laughing and eating. Yeah. Jared's the type and of I'm just going to look like Chris Farley. <laughs> Not in any particular movie. Just, yeah. Jared and Mike are the type of guys that uh, would come visit uh, Florida and go to Disney and then steal all the wheelchairs. Like they just have a gang of people stealing all the wheelchairs so nobody else could use them. Like that's that's the store stuff they're up to. You, you caught us you caught us but uh yeah i got a i got a weekend of work watching football fa cup magic shall happen in the next couple of days and uh and visiting with my family because we are all four together uh when are you guys coming all down here um all of us it's gonna be a while uh we'll be back at the end of january steph and i and then uh if I'm not mistaken, I th- if Andy's not too mad that we intentionally didn't put any of his comments up in the chat today, <laughs> he texted me separately. He's like, "Is my am I showing up on the screen?" <laughs> God damn. It, it, it was our version of the uh, at the oh. end of the day comment. But but anyway, we love you, and uh, and I'm looking forward to your family coming down to visit. Uh, and and this time, did they did they even see you while they were near Orlando? <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, Andy like messaged me like the day of. He's like, "Hey, you can meet up with us, or you can hang out with my family." And it was like the day of, and I was like, "Oh, 
I, I, so all I'm, that preliminary about, hey, I'm going to be 20 minutes from Orlando and we're going to be in Orlando and I hope to see you. All of that, that it resulted in two weeks of not seeing you. The funniest part is Andy actually asked me to get this special candy for him and I actually have the special candy. <laughs> it's, 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 it's crunchy it's a, bars. Yeah, yeah. He really likes Snicker bars. Okay. Like, um real quick while we're wrapping up let's talk about what we've got going on um monday we do have we will be doing an open mic after the fa cup game against oxford right will you be around for that mike uh yep we'll be there i think uh sophie had originally told me they weren't doing a post game show but from her comments just now they might be whether they are or not we're going to do our we're going to do a a, an open mic afterwards and uh and talk about it because if we wait an hour after that game, it'll be 11 p.m. on the in the UK, and uh, you know if people if we don't put pe- enough people normally to sleep, we will do that. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll do that Monday night, and then Tuesday, the big show. Tuesday, the big show. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're still here, even though Sophie left, if you're still hanging on with us, uh, do not miss the show. It is at a very special time, which is the normal. Highbury Squad time time slot of 8 p.m. UK. Lee Dixon, Peter Drury, Peter Drury, Jared Carver, Magic Mike, and Sophie Nicolau all in the same place, all talking about the favorite football phrases that might that most of all they use. And we have a special opening video to watch, so you don't have to actually watch our normal opening video. Uh, you'll have something very special that day to watch. So it's going to be a great show. And then the next day I'm off to London and who knows what the hell our podcast will be up to from there, but I'm sure it'll be plenty of stuff. I'm going to say this. This is like the third time you've named a show that I'm in and then not named that I'm in that show. The Tuesday night one? Yeah. I'm I'm the thumbnail, aren't I? On Tuesday? No, you're not on Tuesday. No oh, okay, wait, Tuesday. okay. No, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm thinking, I was thinking the Oxford one. I was like, what are we, what, what's going on? No, Oxford's you, me, and Owen, right? The I return of Owen, who, Jared. who I found out via watching him on Tom Canton's show that now his camera works. That's how we find out. <laughs> Funny how that happened. <laughs> yeah, Jared's on Sophie's show. Owen's on Tom's show. Everybody's just making time for everything. Andy's gone on uh, on. It's okay, Mike. It's okay, Mike. I'm always going to be here for you, baby. You know what? Yeah, it's just, solid as a rock. We're just going down until I leave the Gunners Pod. Uh, <laughs> which, which I mean, you're the one that's. Uh, weren't you just on Highbury Squad? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't. I don't have. <laughs> I don't remember longer than one hour, seventeen minutes, and fifty eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> But that being said, I think it's a good time. It's this is a good place to put a pin in it. Um, last words, Jared. I got nothing. Looking forward to Tuesday. It's going to be a fun one. So be sure and tune in. Great guests. It'll be a lot of fun. Mike, come on, you gooners. <laughs>
till we get canceled by a gerbil and by Tom Cantor. All right, this has been this, this has been the Gunners podcast. Landing, Jesus. This has been the Gunners podcast. Hell, we have eight of our pictures are just of of, uh, of podcasters in bed. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh. <laughs> Tom in two different beds. All right, that this is how we know it's time to, uh, to crack my agent needs to sort out my contract with this show. Well, we could always replace you with this guy. <laughs> stop, stop. We're done. We're done. Gooderpod out. Gooderpod. As you're about to hear once again, Gooderpod out. <laughs>